Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Here we are in the studio again in North Palm Beach, Florida. Be on the air from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're here to tell you how to avoid being ripped off by your car dealer. Uh, we're doing this thing because we love doing it. I think we have uh, more fun and enjoy it more than most of our listeners. Uh, it's just a, a time to get together and uh, we get pleasure out of helping you. And uh, uh, we think uh, a lot of you out there uh, need some help. But actually, our listeners are almost like preaching to the choir. Uh, we're really spreading the knowledge we have with you and sharing it so that you can spread it and share it with others. Uh, educated consumers are in pretty good shape today. If you, uh, you have a computer and a smartphone, uh, you're pretty well equipped to just about uh, uh, beat down any car dealer that's trying to take advantage of you. You can get a good, a good deal on a car, and I want to say a good deal on a car, I'm talking about relatively speaking. You're going to pay more for a car today than you did three years ago, uh, maybe a lot more. Uh, depending on the supply situation of your particular make and model car. But uh, you can still do better uh, if you pick up a few ideas and tips. Highlight of the show is our mystery shopping report. Um, every time I tell somebody that we do this, they say, no, you didn't. You don't do that. You can't. You can't do that. You get thrown off the air. You get sued. You get arrested. But we do it anyway. And uh, we do it because the perfect defense against libel or slander is the truth. We go into car dealerships every, every week in different parts of the country. Actually, we are in Pennsylvania uh, this week, but typically we do more in Florida, uh, but we pretty well cover Florida, focus on South Florida, which I refer to as the Sodom and Gomorrah of the uh, car business. It's just absolutely uh, horrible the way the car dealers in South Florida conduct business. and. Uh, they get away with it. They, they, they're uncontrollable. So we go into a car dealership and pretend to buy a car. We have a, an incredible undercover agent. We call her Agent Lightning. We don't use her real name for obvious reasons. And uh, she has, does an outstanding job of uh, getting to the essence of the transaction. She goes in, uh, plays the role of a, of a car buyer uh, very well. And uh, the, the longer she's done this, the better she's gotten. So she draws out pretty much all of the, uh, can you call them habits or style or policies of each car dealership. And we take these car dealership shopping reports and we archive them on our website, earloncars.com. That's earloncars.com. Uh, if you want to buy a car, uh, hopefully we've uh, shopped a car dealer in your area. Uh, you can use that as a judgment. Uh, we have the good dealers and the bad dealers, the approved and the ones that we recommend you don't buy a car from. 
And uh, we've got quite a few to choose from because we've been doing this for about 20 years. Um, we name names. Uh, we name the name of the dealership. Uh, we name the salespeople, the sales managers, the name of the dealer, if we can find it out. A lot of car dealers now are hiding their names. Uh, they use uh, either the names of the previous owner or uh, some other name. Uh, they don't want to have their name on the dealership for obvious reasons. So um, uh, we, uh, we help in that way because uh, we can warn you ahead of time. And uh, plus it's entertaining. Uh, I mean, let's face it, live talk radio, uh, I think it's, it, there's not a lot of it. There's not enough of it. I used to love it. And there are very few uh, live radio talk shows anymore. Live for obvious reasons because, you know, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble if you're not, if you're not thinking about what you're saying. And uh, you got to tell the truth. Um, it's, uh, it's entertaining. So you're being educated. You're being entertained. And so are we. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I mean, I, you, your regular listeners know that, that we all, I, me especially, I, I learn something new on this show every, every week. Sometimes it's from Rick Kearney. He's sitting to my right here. He's our certified diagnostic master technician. He knows everything about a car, and uh, he knows a lot about uh, even the electric vehicles now, which are just new on the scene. And uh, if you got an older car, old combustion engine, you know, maybe going back 15, 20 years, hard to find parts, hard to get somebody that knows how to fix it. Rick can help you there, too, because he's been working in my dealership for 25 years. And, uh, uh, you know, let's, uh, you go back in 25 years in technology, that's almost like horse and buggy time. I mean, that, that's we compared to what we have today with the uh, warp speed advance in technology, you bought a car 25 years ago, you got a horse and buggy. and uh, But Rick can still tell you how to fix it. And we ask you to check your YouTube channel. That's Earl on Cars forward slash, excuse me, YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And Rick personally monitors the postings there. And so if you start posting, uh, you will uh, uh, get your answer to your question or your comment will be aired. Um, even if you're not going to call the show or comment, if you go to youtube.com forward slash Earl Cars, for some reason, Rick has the most amazing group of followers um, you can find. They are, they are educated consumers and then some. I learn more from Rick's followers on the YouTube channel than I do from just about anything. And I, I'm telling you, these guys are sharp. So. Uh, we also do facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars, and we're live streamed. You can see uh, all of us, um, you know, and uh, we, the videos that we show, you'll see stream it. Um, and uh, you can also stream it at uh, uh, streamearloncars.com, www.streamearloncars.com. But, of course, the radio, uh, you can get that just about anywhere in the world. We are international. Uh, we have people from all over the, the world, mainly the United States. I think we have more callers from out of Florida than we do in Florida. I, I could be wrong there. Uh, what we don't have enough of, and we never uh, give up on this, is uh, lady callers, female callers. Nancy Stewart, to my left here, has been with me since the get-go on this thing. When we started the show uh, 20 years ago for a half an hour, now we're two hours. Uh, Nancy has grown that female audience to parody, 50-50, uh, even though she'll tell you in a minute that uh, actually the females buy more cars than men, 
and the ones that don't buy, they influence. They're a huge uh, untapped source of opportunity to the car dealers and to the auto manufacturers. For some reason, they just haven't caught on about the female listener. Uh, I'm gonna turn the mic over to Nancy Stewart right now, and she'll tell you about an offer that's uh, too good to be true, but it is true about uh, what you female listeners who haven't called the show could look forward to. So, Nancy, the mic is all yours. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Earl on Cars. We really enjoy your company. Thank you for joining us. Uh, ladies, this morning, $50 for the first two new female callers. $50 for the first two female callers. Uh, give us a call and let us know how your experience went at the uh, dealership and uh, let us know whether you began your search for a vehicle online uh, you know before you decided to walk into the dealership again fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers and our number is 877-960-9960 you can also text us at 772 Four nine seven six five three zero. That text number comes in handy when you want to vote on the mystery shopping report. So jot that down. Uh, also, we have a great mystery shopping report from uh, Irwin, Pennsylvania, and uh, you're going to love it. It's a Mitsubishi dealership uh, out there, and uh, we also have a video for you. Uh, later on in the show, just before the Mystery Shopper Report, and that's from uh, Big Dog Ranch. Uh, we have a cute little, well, I don't think I call him little. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe again. Well, he's 81 pounds, so uh, Buck is uh, a big, big boy. Buck. Big boy. <laughs> big Buck. <laughs> big boy Buck. <laughs> he's a hound dog. <laughs> there you go. And uh, he is only uh, three years old. No, he's two years old. And uh, he'll come to us via video from Big Dog Ranch. All that and more, a whole lot more, especially from you, the callers, uh, the Facebookers, the YouTubers, and uh, it's uh, quite a cult that we have here. I want to give a special thank you to uh, uh, Jeremy that helps out uh, week in and week out. I don't mention his name very often, except to tell the ladies to give him their contact information, but uh, he's the producer, and he works from the control room, and uh, he keeps us up and running, uh, just like uh, Jonathan. Jonathan does a fantastic job also. So we, we have a lot of players here in the uh, studio. Again, that number is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, as Nancy just said, uh, and I forgot to give you those numbers, I'm glad she remembered because these numbers are critical. Um, your calls make the show. It's funny because Nancy and I go crazy every Saturday morning early studying automotive news in the Wall Street Journal and New York Times and everything else and trying to uh, get ourselves up to speed on things like the UAW strike and all the other things. And uh, we want to we want to be able to present uh, some intelligent comments to you. And then we uh, are overwhelmed with the intelligence of the comments from our callers. 
and the questions, which are some things that we uh, frankly had have to struggle to get answers to. But uh, the UAW strike is huge. And, there you uh, go. Yeah, it's, uh, right it's here uh, on, expanded in case uh, yeah. no one has read the newspaper this morning. Uh, it's expanded into, I believe, uh, about uh, 38 locations. Uh, I know uh, Central Florida, uh, they're big players. Oh, yeah. And uh, now they're talking about uh, parts. Uh, they want uh, the uh, parts employees to support them also. So um, that is uh, something to, well, watch. Uh, Earl, I'm going to go to the phones because uh, Barty, Marty is on the line, and uh, Marty calls us every week. He's from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Great. Doing great. great. Uh, first thing I wanted to say, I wanted to compliment your service manager, uh, Mark, because uh, <clears throat> I had a problem when the car was still under warranty, and I talked to him, and they were able to take care of the issue. It wasn't a big issue, but they were able to take care of it even after now that it's out of warranty. So he's, he was very, he, I just can't say enough good about him. He's a very nice guy. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And, he, and I wanted to make sure that uh, you and Earl, uh, you know, can hear the compliment. Yeah, recognition is great, and uh, we all deserve it at one time or another. And uh, the guys in service, they work pretty hard. Right, Stu? Yeah, and Mario, it's, like, it's, kinda, it's a good point that you brought up because it comes up time and again on the show. Uh, with the people bring in, uh, call it with problems with their car, and they're, maybe they're just out of warranty or you know, about our warranty for a few months, and it's important to have uh, work with the service department that has a good relationship with the manufacturer because uh, Earl's talked about goodwill a lot on the show, and uh, that's when the manufacturer, um, Honda or Ford, pays for the repair um, that would have been warrantied, but you're out uh, warranty by miles or time, and maintaining those good relationships are able to get this uh, um, their favors done for the customers. So yeah. no. you, you witnessed that firsthand. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, also, I wanted to say with the uh, auto worker strike, I guess Toyota and Honda are not unionized. Correct, in so, the United States, yeah. So as long as they're not affected by the only trouble is they don't have any cars. Well, they can't take another be. hit. That's, uh, <laughs> but, but you're right. I mean, as far as GM and Ford and um, Chrysler cars and um you know that's that's uh you know that could affect inventories uh, a little bit down the road so it's not over yet yeah well as far as toyota though i mean if you had, if your cars were still like the old days i'd say you'd be booming cuz people are probably nervous about this uh, auto strike yeah um if we had the cars um we definitely have the the customers um there's still a um you know a, a, a still a shortage out there it's getting better though um i do have good news um and, I, and i've watched it i've looked at the graphs myself <laughs> and you can see the, the the production is ever since june and this is what was forecast to us by our toyota people that uh, after Ju on july on we're going to see a lot more production and it's it's pretty uh significant now they're looking at toyota dealers um in the south having a uh, almost a 20-day supply by the end of this year and that's close to normal times is that 20-day supply of all cars uh just well, i'm only speaking about toyota dealers in the southeastern united states but um as a group um right now it's it's about an eight-day supply and um by the end of the year it's gonna more than double 
No, I meant Toyota models. Yes. In other words. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I looked at a Crown, and uh, I wanted the uh, bird's eye view. Mm-hmm. Well, now the bird's eye view you can only get, according to your sales manager there. He said the only way you can get a bird's eye view now is you got to order the highest price Crown. Yeah, they usually come in the... the it's a pretty cool feature, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a good feature, yeah. I've got it in my Camry, so I, re- I really like it. But uh, he said they're going to start eventually, probably said in 2024, making it in the limited version. But mm-hmm. right now he said it's only in the platinum version. So, you know, if you want to spend <laughs> that very, much money. Yeah, you got to stay up to date on those packages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as long as I just wanted to, again, just compliment your service manager and your dealership. All right. Thank you very much. I'm going to give Mark a hug when I see him on Monday. Give him a hug. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks, Marty. I'll give him a hug, too. All right. Have a good weekend. All right. Bye-bye. Can I jump in there quickly? I just want everyone to realize that, you know, we do have a car dealership, obviously, and this is not an infomercial. We don't do this to promote our car dealership. Um, car dealership is an asset to someone that can be critical of car dealers because being insiders, having been in the uh, retail automobile business my life, uh, half, half, more than half my life, about 50 years, and uh, so, uh, but we've been there and done that. That's reason it's an asset, but we don't, we don't self-promote. But we have to admit we love it when people compliment us. So uh, Marty called up. He's a customer. And he was talking about our service manager, and we love it, but it's not what we do on the show. We try to help you decide how you should buy a car and where. Yes, that's a great information. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, whenever I uh, you know, sent out that message to all the ladies to give us a call, the first two new female callers, you know, it's amazing that um, I still sit here and talk about the same subject uh, week in and week out, and uh, that is, uh, you know, how much women represent uh, this uh, this huge opportunity uh, for the auto industry. We're a huge part of it uh, financially. I'm talking about, and uh, just recently in the automotive news, uh, that I had to I had to read it a couple of different times because the headline read, "Automakers are missing an opportunity to sell more EVs to women." And uh, they go into, you know, uh, the numbers and, you know, I, everything you've heard before from me about the, uh, uh, how influential we are. And um, most importantly, you know that uh, women have a long, long been influential in uh, new vehicle purchases. And it goes on to say that uh, somehow the EV market, the electric vehicle market, is sidestepping and um, you know it all has to do with communication and how we all want to be treated equally and with respect and uh, rather than go into the whole article I think those are two major words right there respect and uh, recognition uh, information not being condescending uh, you hear us talk about the mystery shopping report and how sometimes that still happens. Uh, so at any rate, um, it's the it's an interesting article in the automotive news, and uh, they give they give all kinds of numbers. And these electric vehicles, you know, they're becoming more affordable. People are becoming more educated. 
um, as far as how much it costs to keep the car on the road and so many benefits. You can save up to $3,000 uh, a, a year just on, you know, uh, a fuel. So uh, at any rate, ladies, uh, give me a call. Let's discuss this. 877-960-9960. Uh, 877-960-9960. Uh, how do you feel about all of this? Uh, give me a little input. Our text number is 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Oh, I just got a call. Lance is calling from, guess where? Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> Good morning, Lance. Good morning, Earl, Nancy, Rick, and Stu from the hills of the great East Tennessee. We got a First call from Appalachia. Yeah, just let me say that uh, I like to call and kid you, but you, you, the work and the, the research and the time that you put in to give this make this such a quality show does not go unrecognized and Thank you. we all appreciate you very much it's a it's a you do a great job and i can tell all of us can tell that you have a good time too <laughs> he doesn't let us get have too good a time though he shushes us when we start getting when we get goofy <laughs> well Earl, i couldn't let the morning pass without a little tune i was wondering and um and uh, I'm hoping that my uh, singing will propel me to another career in politics. <laughs> uh, well, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about politics, but, but it'll, it'll propel you. Well, You're a brave hello, man, Lance. <laughs> well, hello, Earl. You're a pearl, Earl. Keep giving us good advice. As soon as you can, and just remember, Earl, can't be beat at all, Earl. <laughs> this to Earl Stewart on cars on Saturdays. Now, I, I'm thinking Broadway. I, Broadway I, I, would be. A, I've is, heard is that a tune somewhere else before. You, did you write that music? I, I, th I think I've heard it elsewhere. Hello. Well, uh, I'm not going to Hello, Dolly. Given my future in politics, I'm not going right, to exactly uh, play that. I'm glad you didn't say hello early, but that's, uh, oh, I'll take the Earl. Yeah, thanks. We can do that next week. Yeah. <laughs> I'll save that for Have another show. Week. Thanks, Lance. Thanks. Thank you, Lance. 877-960-9960. Give us a call. 772-497-6530 that's our text number and please jot that down because you're going to need it whenever you vote on the mystery shopping report ladies i'm going to say it over and over again i'm waiting to hear from you um i want to know uh what you did first before you went into the dealership did you go online uh did you pick out a model vehicle that you wanted Win yourself $50 this morning. First two new lady callers, $50. Earl? Well, let's get to the uh, either the YouTube post or the or the text. I know we got Anne, Anne Marie always has a text. She's waiting. Good morning, Anne Marie. Good morning, Anne Marie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll speak as Anne Marie. Good morning. There has been many, no, there have been many advancements in automotive technology over the decades. 
such as seat belts, anti-lock brakes, cruise control, better suspension systems, all-wheel drive, etc. Which ones do you feel contributed the most uh, to the safety and welfare of the public? I have I have a, a thought, but we could go around the table. Rick is probably more qualified than than the rest of us. Anti-lock brakes. You, uh, I was going to say air bra- airbags. I think anti-lock brakes simply for the idea that keeping the car under control keeps you out of an accident versus something that is actually only used when you're in an accident. So like in the old days, I'm trying to remember back when I used to, like um, before anti-lock brakes, <clears throat> so if, if there's an accident in front of you and you have to slam on your brakes, people are just spinning out of control trying to avoid accidents and colliding with other cars. I remember being taught to drive when pump the brakes. people would say, pump the brake pedal, yeah. pump the brake pedal. Well, they weren't telling you how to pump the brake pedal, which is the intention there is that as, you are supposed to... As fast as you can. No, actually, you're supposed to step on the pedal hard to the moment that you feel like the tires are going to lock up, then release the brake, then step on it again. Yeah, I never did that once. And yet, we all thought it was bump, 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 yeah. which didn't really do what effectively what you were looking to do. Uh, anti-lock brakes actually uses a computer, and the reason it feels that fast pounding if it activates is because it's actually activating right at the moment when the tires begin to stop moving, and the moment the computer sees that, it immediately releases the pressure, lets the wheels start to move again, Catch. then applies again, and thereby slows the car, keeping the absolute maximum amount of traction. At the same time, it's allowing you to still have traction for steering, which- right. I knew that was the most important part. Being able to steer away from an accident right. is gonna save your life. And also the other uh, things, uh, that some <clears throat> of the things that Emery mentioned um, are possible um, by analog brakes, like the vehicle stability control and, uh, and this-, and this uh, Exactly, all the stuff control. that's grown out of it. All I, right. know, I well, know the right answer. Because you Googled it. Yeah. But was I right? Was it airbags? Well, it's, it's, not, it's not, no. no. It's not something that you could talk about for a long time, but seat belts. Duh. Okay. Seat belts. Yeah, the first, you're right. You know, I was, in my mind, I thought that it was like seat belts are just ubiquitous, and then in the last 30 years, we got all the safety yeah. equipment. I, I, I go back pre-seat belts, uh, only one uh, in the group here that was in the car business back then. But... Uh, uh, I, can, I have a vivid recollection of my resentment uh, for a seatbelt. I mean, just, uh, you know, how dare the, anybody say, I got to wear a seatbelt. And uh, I was a Pontiac dealer back then. And w- when the first cars came in with the man- mandated seatbelts, uh, we hid them. We would, we would stuff them back in the seats away from the customers. At least you didn't cut them out with like yeah, I mean, they got in your way when you're trying to clean the car out, when you're getting in, and they flop around and they're hard to yeah, put on. I mean, think about it, before that, the back seat probably looked like a beautiful couch and suddenly you just mucked it up with oh, all yeah. these straps. And, and of course, <laughs> when the federal government said you gotta have them, uh, there wasn't time to do for the cosmetics. You just had to had to make them and stick these silly looking belts. They didn't. Um, it, they probably didn't even match the interiors at first, and uh, so that's what we did. We hit them, and nobody wore them. I mean, you were a real jerk if you wore your seatbelt, and uh, and if you wore your seatbelt, you probably couldn't get out of it. Oh, our argument was, you know, if you wear seatbelts and you're in a, in a wreck, 
you're not going to be able to get out of the car. <laughs> and they're, they're not only not safe, but they're dangerous. Just we saying. fought car dealers. We fought it tooth and nail. And then just when we finally got used to them, they came up with these damned airbags. Right. You talk about a problem. They cost too much. They're no good. And so uh, those are the two things. How many millions and millions of lives have seatbelts and airbags saved over the years? That's well, the seatbelts are the number one. I will admit my second car was a 71 Chevy Bel Air that the front bench seat was literally bigger than the couch in our living room. I mean, it was massive. <laughs> and I had to wear a seatbelt in that car because if I went around the corner too quick on a left turn, I'd slide all the way to the center of the seat. <laughs> and uh, suddenly I'm holding the wheel, but my feet are nowhere near the pedals because you literally would just slide right across the seat. It was so yeah. huge. I remember those days. To hold on to, yeah. uh, at any rate, my answer would be uh, seat belts and the brakes. Uh, they're equally as important. And I remember sliding across the seats. And, and, the, and we, uh, sis, my sisters and I, it was like uh, my dad was driving, my mom was up, and there was all this room, but we were in the back and we'd go, now, I don't. I don't know where this would rank, but I think. I think something that and I didn't Google this, but uh, it is is kind of counterintuitive, and, and a lot of people today don't understand it. But uh, whoever the engineer uh, that came up with the idea that you want to have collapsible cars, you want to have flexible metal, mm. you to absorb the energy and the impact, and. Uh, before that, we build them like tanks. Right. And uh, uh, you know, the first car my father sold when he went into business was a 1937 Pontiac. We have it restored on our showroom floor at the Toyota dealership. But uh, you go up there and you knock on that fender, it is uh, like a quarter inch thick. Right. Yeah. Uh, there there and, are no crumple zones in that and, Pontiac. And, no. and you don't worry about denting your fender. You worry about denting anything you hit with the fender. But uh, the bumpers and everything was just rigid, very heavy, heavy steel. Now, uh, it's, uh, the, you, know, you can crinkle the fender very easily because it's meant to absorb. And, and, and the message here, there's always a moral and a message. The message is that when you wreck a car today and you have it fixed, your insurance company is not going to, uh, is not going to recommend the safety-tested crash parts. Crash parts are things like the bumper, the hoods, the fenders, if you're in the uh, doors, anytime you're in a collision, what, what might crush and kill or injure you? So they buy the cheapest ones, and they, they, they alibi that they, they are, uh, I was a cafe certified, or they have, a, they, have a, they have a group that they got together and formed a company that tests fenders and things, and they, they say, oh, high quality, the paint's good, uh, you know, they won't rust. They give you everything about the safety because they're never safety tested. So when you put a fender on from your insurance company and that fender comes from Taiwan and it's not uh, made by the manufacturer of that vehicle uh, and you're in a head-in collision, uh, you are in danger of that hood crumpling too slowly. Now, why is that a problem? For two reasons. First of all, you don't want them to crumple much at all, uh, but they have to to absorb the energy. And when they do that, the, the uh, airbags are timed to the microsecond, nanosecond, uh, th one thousandths of a second uh, can make a difference between the airbag opening correctly and not. Because your head has got to hit that airbag at the same time your car hits the brick wall. And if, if you have a hood 
that is out of sync with your airbag, you're in serious trouble. So shame, shame, shame on insurance companies. Honda actually did a fantastic video that shows airbag deployment as they drop a watermelon on it. And if it goes a tenth of a second too soon or a tenth of a second too late, it becomes a watermelon the, smoothie. Oh yeah, that, uh, that really gets your that, attention. Looks, yeah, that's out on the internet. You should, you yeah. folks, you should look for this Honda airbag watermelon. Yeah, it's watch the video. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It is definitely okay. That number again is well. I'll let uh, Stu finish Anne Marie's. Oh, we're all done with Anne Marie. Are you? Even okay. though we have some interesting um, anonymous feedback. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Well, there's a follow up from last week. Um, we had someone who had um, on the, on our anonymous feedback channel, which is uh, www.youranonymousfeedback.com, told us about a terrible experience at a at a uh, Honda dealership, and it was a Morgan dealership. And afterwards, we talked about well, how did how, it doesn't say Morgan on on the outside of the dealerships. We have a follow up. Great. Um, I just listened to your show, and my feedback on my horrible Morgan dealership experience was aired. You asked what dealership it was and how I would know it. Here's a follow up. It was West Shore Honda. I was looking at a CRV, a 2022, and the salesman bragged that they just got a 2023 CRV, and they're the only dealership in town who will have a handful of them. This was the, at the end of 2022. Bragging. He said they were the largest dealership in the area, and basically that translates to clout and the ability to get these hard-to-find cars, I guess. I, since he brought up the largest dealership network fact, I asked what the name is and what other dealerships they owned. He told me the name Morgan and they own the dealerships next door, different brands, including the Toyota dealership. I was talking, I was taking my car, uh, including the Toyota dealership I was taking my car to regularly. Uh, this is when my eyes opened, were open to how dealerships work, and it makes sense that different brand dealerships would be on the same street side by side, they're owned by the same company. So when my search resumed, after being insulted at West Shore Honda, I did research to make sure the dealerships I contacted were not Morgan. How you treat customers makes a big difference. Yeah, it's uh, and a matter of fact, there's there's uh, th- think about this uh, when you have competing dealerships, quote unquote, on competing, and they're owned by the same person. Doesn't that open the temptation uh, for price fixing? I mean, if you've got uh, all the dealerships in town, uh, a good example, a legalized price fixing was Saturn. Uh, General Motors came up with this great idea. Uh, we're going to have a new car. It's going to be a great car, and we're going to call it Saturn. And uh, we're going to have the same dealer own all the Saturn dealerships in one market. Well, why would you discount a Saturn when you're going to make the money? So the rule was fixed price, one price. It's one of the few times that cars really had the lowest price on every car. Saturn and General Motors did that, what, 40 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So 40 years ago, uh, and uh, in Palm Beach County, um, I think it was Roger Dean, uh, one of the older dealers, um, who had some, yeah, I think it was Roger Dean, because he had the Chevrolet dealership, and he knew all the top execs at, at uh, General Motors, so they came out with this hot new car. He says, I want all the ones in Palm Beach County. It was either him or Red Morris. But anyway, uh, from price fixing. So the, good, the only good thing about the dealer the franchise system now is competition, uh, cutthroat competition. So if you're an educated consumer and you want to go from Chevrolet dealer to Chevrolet dealer to Chevrolet dealer and you, and, and you can hold your own, 
you can get one heck of a low price because right. car dealers are insanely competitive. Uh, I, you know, this is where being a dealer helps us too. Uh, and Nancy and Rick know this. Uh, when we think that our competition sold the car to one of our customers, we get livid. Why did we lose the deal? You know why? You know, and so, uh, to take away competition is really anti-consumer. All right. Moving on, we have another anonymous feedback. It says, since your program suggested the banning, uh, my computer, oh, here we go. Since your program suggested the banning of the term old wives' tale, uh, should it also be banned from the Bible? Um, Timothy 4.7 King James Version of uh, 1611. Um, well, I, 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 I didn't suggest that we ban the term. The question came up is, uh, I said, I, I think it might evoke negative stereotypes, is what I said. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I, couldn't, I can't resist the temptation to get off our mission here, but, you know, uh, 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 the Bible was written a long time ago. <laughs> and, and it was written by human beings who, who uh, you know, were inspired to write. And, uh, uh, but the world's changed in the past, uh, what, 10,000 years? When did the Bible come about? 5,000 years ago? The no, Bible come not out? even. Uh, I don't know. About five thousand years ago. Uh, uh, yeah. Four thousand. Anyway, uh, uh, you, you can see what's happened. There, a lot of things have changed uh, in, the, in the past four thousand years. So back then, uh, you know, uh, uh, men were chauvinists. Women were uh, like uh, chattel. Chattel, exactly. So uh, I, c I could easily see a biblical statement saying that uh, you know, referring to the inferiority of women four thousand years ago, but. We, you know, we weren't the brightest, uh, sharpest stick in the in the box four thousand years ago. Yeah, we're kind of like a bunch of like uh, yeah. hunters and gatherers or something. Oh, you go like ten thousand. We were. <laughs> yeah, but um, I was thinking about that, trying to drag up some Bible verses that would be you know, to yeah. make a point. But then I realized nobody suggested like we could rerun the tape, but I don't think anybody said we were going to ban anything. So settle down, settle down. Yeah. <laughs> um, Earl, I disagree with, this is another anonymous feedback, I, do, I disagree with your grade on the mystery shop of Subaru of South Tampa. Ripping off the customer should never get a passing grade. I'm with Nancy. They get an F. Well, maybe you don't understand, if you're listening, maybe you don't understand that we grade on the curve. Now, uh, in, in school, uh, most schools, uh, colleges in particular, grade on the curve. And that protects a student I guess against bad teachers. I mean, uh, the, the curve says if you're the smartest student in this class, you should get an A. If you're the dumbest student in this class, you should get an F. <laughs> so, so we adopt that system whether you like it or not because you have to buy right. cars. Cars are not a luxury anymore. Uh, I guess maybe 100 years ago it was a luxury item. Today, how are you going to get to the pharmacist, the doctor, to school, to your job? I mean, you got to, and there are parts of the country where if you don't have a car, there's no mass transit, you got to have it. So uh, uh, it's just uh, a matter of, uh, you know. Yeah, just thinking about this, um, it, I mean, it is kind of tough to, you know, because we do, um, we shop them multiple times. And when you say, it kind of denigrates the A's that we have on there because usually when we see an A, it's it's spectacular, right? So we have well, one. There's no fees. And we, hate to, we, we hate to give it an A because when we give an A, 
It is. It has means to be that's the best dealer, and that's a perfect dealer. But the thing is, but that 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 goes and it contradicts our yeah. graving on the curve because yeah. uh, when you're graded on the curve, we're saying we're we're prefacing with everything. We're saying it's a cesspool, yeah. and so if you see an A, that's the best of the worst. We we have a we have a dealership, and we do our very best. We really try hard, but I would I, you know, if someone said give yourself, would you give yourself an A plus? I'd say no. Uh, I, I'd be embarrassed to give us an A. I don't know what we get. Maybe an A minus. And we get uh, on a curve. On the curve, I think we would. On a curve, yeah. yeah I'm easily. talking about abs- if, if absolute. We, absolute. What would we be? I don't know. I give ourselves an A or something. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, not an A plus get, though. When you give yourself an A, it's not a good A. You gotta have somebody else give you the A. Hey, you asked. <laughs> um, that's it. So we're caught up. I'm sure that Rick is just overflowing with uh, questions and comments. From the fans on YouTube. Well, I got one question. <laughs> Johnny, that's, that's a good start. Johnny Z. Fraidley is asking, uh, does Earl have a Cybertruck on order? You know something? That is, I'm glad you asked that question because I'm almost finished now. I've only got a few more chapters in uh, Walter Isaacson's biography of Elon Musk. And I am actually thinking about buying a Cybertruck. Now, the Cybertruck is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a joke. I agree with it, you. It does kind of beat out that, what was the Pontiac? Aztec. The Aztec. Aztec. But anyway, uh, when I read about how it evolved, and when it evolved, everybody hated it except Elon. And of course, oh, look, uh, let me show you a bumper sticker that Stu gave me. Uh, Nancy and I drive a, a Tesla Plaid, and we bought it, what, a year and a half ago? Two years. Two years. Good Lord, time flies, and and we you know, we started out with just loving everything, and now we then we got into picking it a little bit and criticizing constructive criticism, and it's a fully autonomous. We we have activated, and or I should say Tesla has activated our fully autonomous, and we have a bumper sticker on the back that says uh, Tesla Plaid, fully autonomous. We do that. Nancy doesn't like it, but I do it because. Uh, I want people to be aware that it's a dangerous car. I mean, <laughs> you know, stay away. It, I mean, if you have a, if you have your Tesla on on full autonomous and you're not really on top of that with your hands on your wheels and your eyes on your everything, the the the, the outside, everything. I mean, it's really a challenge because that car will do some crazy things. So, uh, here's what. Here's a bumper sticker that Stu got for me, and they gave it to me this morning. <laughs> and I'm going to put this on the Tesla when we go down after the radio show because it's true. <laughs> Elon Musk is a nut. I mean, uh, you read the you read the biography, and uh, and part of the nutty thing he's done is telling everybody every year that the car is almost uh, totally safe. And by the end of this year, he's been saying that year after year, it's going to be totally safe. Well, it's not totally safe today. And so, uh, tongue in cheek. Now, I still love Elon, even though he's crazy, uh, because uh, two reasons. First of all, he is uh, the, the, he's the brightest person I've ever heard of. He's the smartest, brightest person I've ever heard of. And that takes in a lot of people. Um, and uh, he also is the most successful person I know. I've ne- he came from South Africa when he was 17 years old, and in seven years he was a multimillionaire. Now, he came from South Africa 
didn't have, he had $3,000 in his pocket that his mother gave him, and he landed um, in, in, in America, and he, uh, 11 years later, was a multimillionaire. So uh, he also is on track to become the largest auto manufacturer of the world and just about the only serious electric vehicle manufacturer in the world. And he has also uh, taken over NASA for putting uh, uh, satellites in orbit, and he will, I fully believe, uh, put men and women on the moon and colonize it. So if that isn't a successful entrepreneur. So for those two reasons, I confess that I like and admire a crazy man. <laughs> and you read the book, you'll know why I say he's crazy. Truly, I mean, he's, he's off. He's, uh, he's off. There's something amiss. Yeah. <laughs> I just quick mention of another video I saw on the net recently showed a Tesla where the customer had activated the come to me feature so where the car would yeah. come out of Summons. the parking lot Summons. Summons. Yeah. And, and drive to him and, and the car literally blew off a stop sign just did a rolling stop right through it making a right hand turn yeah. and a police officer pulled over the car <laughs> the car stopped <laughs> The police officer walks up. The car stopped. There, the car stopped, and there was it nobody in the, the car. That's great. And the guy is recording this from a little ways back. Apparently, he yeah. was was showing off this feature, and and he was the cop is just all amazed. There's nobody in the car, and the interesting part is they actually used this on a a, a TikTok where it's a lawyer reacting to this stop, who said, even though the car did totally blow off the stop sign. Because it was in a parking lot on private property, yeah, that's right. He wasn't yeah. able to give him a ticket. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> it, it was it was awesome. But it was, I did that. Yeah, feature. I've been telling Nancy that for a long time, but she doesn't believe me. It's true. That's <laughs> true. You can tell, like if you're at the Palm Beach Gardens at the mall, there, the font on the stop signs is Helvetica. It's not a regular uh, stop sign. Um, I did that summon feature at the at the in the parking lot at the dealership, and it worked perfectly the first time I did it, and. Um, it was unsettling. And one day it's going to be completely normal. Well, Nancy and I did it at Publix at, uh, you know, in, in Tequesta. And, uh, it worked good? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we came out with a shopping cart on the sidewalk, so we hit the summons button. You waited And forever. the lights came on. It backed out of the parking lot. It started in the, to the road where it had to come toward us. And uh, all of a sudden, a crowd had gathered in the street or in the parking You're lot. You're kidding me. No, and everybody's looking at this, and 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 I, I'm embarrassed now. I don't know what I'm going to do, and and so <laughs> when the car got when the car got in front of us, I hit the automatic truck release. We ran out and put the groceries in the truck, and never did it again. Oh my God! I believe my words. She's mortified. Pardon me. Mortified. Not quite. Oh. Uh, I can't tell you how I felt on the air. Okay. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, my last words as we left the parking lot was that uh, we wouldn't be able to come back here again. You know, uh, that, that takes me to, you know, this uh, sticker that you're going to put on the Tesla. And uh, the uh, sticker that's on the sign that's on the back of the uh, Tesla. Um, I found that um, in my two years of driving the Tesla, there are some people that are very infuriated by the Tesla's presence. 
and uh, I'm not sure exactly sure. why. And uh, putting signs on a car, I think that it just uh, stirs up uh, some some negativity with some people that walk around. And uh, this, is this, you talk about Elon Musk and you talk about craziness. Gee, don't we wish he was the only crazy person? I, I, think, the, I think the bumper sticker will protect you from those people. Because the people who are like, uh, you know, hostile towards the Tesla, they don't like Elon, and you're kind of taking a little dig at Elon. They'll think that you're allies, and yeah. they, won't, they, they, they won't be hostile towards yeah. you. And, and yeah. what about the original uh, sign that's on the Tesla? Oh, the one about the self-driving thing? You know, that's, Autonomous. I have time to bring that up. I break up the same thing. Yeah. That when you see a student driver, uh, law says that if you have a driving school, you have to put warning student uh, a student driver. And I'm glad they do that because uh, I'm not going to be following too closely or try to pass a student driver without really being careful. I, I think and if I have a car that I think is fully autonomous, which for a while I did, uh, I put the bumper sticker on the there. Rationale. And uh, I wouldn't want, I, I'd give myself a wide range. But if I didn't know it was on fully autonomous, I wouldn't be able to do that. So, so I have a different philosophy with the student driver's sign. I see that. And I, 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 isn't it, they, they need to get real world experience. So I put a little pressure on them. You know, I, I kind of tailgate them a little bit. And, and then <laughs> you're supposed to, you're supposed to, no? I wasn't supposed to do that. No, no. You'll get, you get, uh, 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 <laughs> the novice apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And so, uh, with <laughs> that said, <laughs> with that said, um, you know, like, uh, we just have really. Do we have any uh, calls? Uh, I have one thing to say. <laughs> Maybe two. Uh, the hand gestures is what I can't get used to while we're on the road. Uh, that is just you know. Just out of the blue, just people are gesturing that's right and i can't do that on the air there, there are people that are just uh, sharing their iq with you that's all no if you if you do it it pixelates out <laughs> okay uh our number here is 877-960-9960 and you can text us at 772-497-6530 uh ladies and gentlemen if you didn't pick up the october edition of the uh the subscription of uh, Consumer Report, you should. There's some great articles in here and some uh, fabulous tests that uh, they they do. All their tests are so fabulous. You know, they purchase so many vehicles. I'm not sure if anyone knows that or not, but uh, they grow, go to great lengths to, to keep us safe and make some uh, suggestions. At any rate, the safest cars are in the October subscription. Rick? Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Um, and uh, what makes cars safer right now? Uh, we are going to, first I'm going to tell the ladies again uh, that you can win yourself $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, just give us a call, give us a ch you know chat, say hello. Nothing, uh, you know, out of the ordinary. 877-960-9960. Text us at 772-497-6500. We're going to go to Walter, who is calling us from Stewart. Good morning, Walter. Uh, good morning. Just a couple of uh, quick things. Mitsubishi has quit making the Mirage. Mm -hmm. Secondly, General Motors is going to be introducing two new vehicles that are going to be manufactured in South Korea under the name of Buick and Chevrolet. The Chevrolet model will have the same engine as the Buick, which is a three-cylinder uh, turbocharged engine at 138 horsepower, 
The Chevrolet will retail for $20,000. Wow. The Buick will retail for between 22 to 23 and they're looking to export these vehicles. How that ties into the UAW situation, I don't know. But also, a third point, Elon Musk was recently in India talking to higher-ups there about building a plant and producing mm. an electric vehicle in the 24,000 range. Mm. I think what's interesting about this whole subject is that in regard to the GM and South Korea and the low price point, they pointed out the creditworthiness of the American consumer continues to decline as car prices continue to rise. Did you say that the um, the, the the Buicks and the and the Chevys manufactured in South Korea is that begun already, or is that um, it just in the works? That is the source on that is uh, CNBC.com. Yes, I was just wondering how. I don't think it would impact the UAW strike. It, you know, it takes a while to get a, a factory up and running. So, but what, uh, one of my points is that I think the people in the auto industry are starting to realize people are being squeezed financially. Mm. And for instance, if Toyota doesn't have anything underneath a Corolla to offer then they might walk over to the Chevy dealer at $20,000. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, that's a heck of a price. Uh, and I think that, uh, I think diversification by having manufacturing facilities in other areas, uh, you're right. I think it could be a anti-union uh, tactic for the manufacturers. Uh, I, I, think, I think the UAW and, 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 the, and the union workers are seeing the handwriting on the wall with electric vehicles, because there's a, there's a, a fear that, uh, that the electric vehicles could uh, create a whole new tide in unionization as to whether or not uh, auto manufacturers were primarily unionized. As, uh, so, as you know, Toyota is not unionized at all in the United States. Uh, Tesla is not unionized. Uh, uh, new manufacturers. Uh, are, are the, the, the trend on new businesses, and, and if the automotive industry can can create the um, either the fact or the appearance that the EVs that they're building is a new business, then they won't be unionized. So it, it's uh, I think the unions are very nervous, and I would be too if I were a union worker, uh, because it's uh, obvious that EV is a way of the future and. Or is that going to be unionized or not? I, I don't think so. Well, the only comment I would make about the Mitsubishi Mirage, apparently their sales were horrible. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the reason they, they dropped that vehicle. But if we're talking about a 138-horsepower vehicle, especially a smaller vehicle, that's going to be a pretty, a pretty quick accelerator with yeah. a turbocharger on there. Yeah. Well, you're, and if you, you, you could buy t- that for 20 and then, then step up to a Buick at 22 or 23, that's a bargain. Well, t- Tesla's goal is to have a $20,000 electric vehicle. And, and uh, if you follow what Elon Musk has been doing, when he says he's going to do something, he usually does it. Not, you, not all the time when he says he's going to do it, but yeah, eventually it gets yeah, done. Nice. So uh, I think EVs are going to be the threat uh, 
to everybody in terms of price. They're going to be they're going to have the they're going to have the volume. Uh, they're going to have the simplicity of manufacture, and uh, they're going to. You talked acceleration. There's nothing that accelerates like an electric vehicle. So, uh, I, I think that what you're seeing now in Korea with General Motors is an interim step, uh, but it's certainly not the final step. There, it, to, to survive, General Motors is going to have to be a factor in the EV business. Yes, and one thing I failed to point out on the Buick and the Chevy, it was pointed out in the article that this would be their last gasoline production engine. Yeah. Cars. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's, uh, the combustion engine is a thing of the past. And uh, those that don't want to accept it, uh, you know, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. So, anyway, I just wanted to point that out to your audiences to what's happening there. Thank you, Walter. That's very good information. Okay. You guys have a good day. You Thank too. you, Walter. Have Thank a great you. weekend. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. And ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. We're going to go to a Roadrunner who gives us a call from... Uh, Boynton Beach. That's Roadrunner Steve. Meet me. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Boy, you're hard to get through to, but I finally got through it a few weeks. Huh. Okay. Nice to My, hear from you. you. Yes. What well, else said, student driver, he stays away from those cars. My favorite sticker was mother-in-law on board. I'd stay away from driving next to them. The, uh, also, a little bird allergy. California desert cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> that well, is a roadrunner. So I couldn't imagine they'd name the Plymouth would name that California desert cuckoo. Okay. The third thing is how much in Teslas do they have varying cars? Are they rated with horsepower? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're uh, yeah, they're huge horsepower. It's a, it's uh, it almost. Uh, uh, Rick, do you own any horsepowers of some uh, Teslas? I, I'd have to look them up, but a thousand horsepower would the, be. Uh, the main thing to remember is horsepower is not the really best factor for a car to determine anything because horsepower equates to how fast it can eventually go. It's right. torque. Torque is what gets the car yeah, moving. Good, good point. So the higher torque value you have is how fast that car is going to go from, say, 0 to 60 or to get it, you know, get the power to the ground as long as it's got good traction. Yeah, people don't un usually understand torque, so the, uh, all the manufacturers of, of hot cars talk horsepower. You rarely yeah. hear torque yeah. mentioned, but, torque is but very typically important. a high-horsepower car has a lot of torque. Absolutely. But well, I learned that because I'm sitting here. <laughs> well, do the Teslas have models with different amount of batteries, like 12 batteries would equal a four-cylinder, 24 batteries would equal a six-cylinder, and 50 batteries would equal an eight-cylinder? Does it work like that? Uh, they have, they have uh, the number of electric motors they use typically uh, uh, describes their power. And, uh, for example, in the Tesla uh, Plaid, the, the fastest production car on Earth, they have three electric motors. Uh, the uh, the S has two electric motors, and the uh, and the uh, standard Tesla just has the, the the one electric motor. 
and the Tesla S Plaid is uh, Tesla is advertising it as 1,020 peak horsepower for the S Plaid model. <clears throat> yeah, so it's That's uh, the two motor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's it's so fast that you absolutely can't even use the power. I mean, uh, Nancy and I, when we're driving that Tesla Plaid, we're, we're, uh, you, you just don't want to slam the accelerator to the floor. If you did, you'd hurt yourself or somebody else. Uh, it's, it's way, way overpowered. And I never thought that as a, as a drag racer power, uh, you know, racing nut. I never thought I would ever be in a car that was too fast. But this is too powerful. And it's really kind of silly. I mean, what, 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 in, in, in what, in what scenario are you going to have to go from zero to sixty in one point nine seconds? Ain't going to happen. Dot com. And with top speed of two hundred miles yeah, per it hour. Makes no sense. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> well, it was, it was nice hearing from you, Roadrunner Steve. Do you have a question? Yes, everybody stay safe and well. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's always great hearing from you. Uh, sorry to rush you. I got a lot of calls That's backed okay. up. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, Steve. Bye-bye. We're going to go to John in Palm City, and I ask everyone to be patient. I have you up on the X screen, and I'll be right with you. Good morning, John. Welcome. Good morning. I want to point to an article in today's New York Times in the business section. It's called The Average Cost of Owning a Car. These are AAA figures. They, re they estimate it's up 13% over last year, or $12,000 a year. Cost per mile is $0.81. Cents. That's on an average of 15,000 miles a year. So it's scary figures, but it's AAA, which is very reliable. Yes. And it's uh, frightening to read that. That's up 13% from yeah. last year. $0.81 cents a mile, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yes. Great yes. information. And do, you heard uh, earlier, uh, John, that I had mentioned, you know, what it costs to uh, keep an EV. Uh, I mean, I'm not pushing EVs for everybody that's listening, uh, but, uh, I mean, it's just it didn't make sense before. It makes a whole lot of sense now. You're talking about $3,000 a year, not to mention the tax uh, break not to mention maintenance. It's just unbelievable, the uh, savings that's out there and they're making the evs affordable you know i'm looking at the same article john it's crazy i mean it's it's a thousand dollars a month it's up to twelve thousand dollars a year yeah. all of that it's also it's insurance it's just the higher car payments uh it's uh and also they're in depreciation too they, they're considered depreciation wow yeah. uh, just a fast question for earl now the strikers have hit 38 parts suppliers. I looked at the map in the paper. One of the big ones for Florida Orlando. is here in Orlando. And how do you think that that will affect, you know, cars that have been in accidents or replacement for used cars? Uh, this is parts right. that won't be available, and it's going to continue. So besides the striking manufacturer plants, they're hitting the suppliers. What does Earl think about the, the supply of parts? That's a whole other dimension, yeah. Um, I mean, right, because most car dealerships keep a, um, a pretty tight on-hand supply of parts. Um, and uh, so if, if the part suppliers uh, join, join the strike, it's not just the manufacturing. It's going to hit um, the dealer network and, yes. and consumers right away. 
Well, the, 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 thing, the thing to remember, John, is that right now it's just uh, the big three. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, if you take the, all the cars sold by Toyota and Honda and, and, and uh, right. some of the other large uh, Japanese and Korean manufacturers that are not unionized, and then you take Tesla, which is the largest auto, I mean, it's, it's going to have a big impact, certainly on families and people, uh, you know, uh, and, and communities that are, you know, a lot, a lot of union workers. Uh, so, uh, but it's not going to, uh, a lot of areas that are lucky that it won't be affected that much. Uh, it's, uh, the unions have less and less power than they used to. And uh, they're, they have a duty to their members uh, not to commit suicide. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to uh, win the argument and lose the war. I mean, uh, win the battle, lose the war. So that's what uh, I think in the, I really believe this thing's going to be settled quickly. I just don't think, uh, not because the, not because uh, the union leaders or the union workers want to, but because they realize the consequence is uh, no job. Absolutely, I agree. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate the call. Anything else while you're on the line? Well, side-by-side -side dealerships, I can comment real fast about that. One yeah. of the most successful was I lived in New York, and they're still there, was the Atlantic Auto Mall, which is owned by the <laughs> South Florida uh, John Salupi in Suffolk County. Every brand of car that's all together, you just walk <laughs> next door, and there's Chevrolet, Pontiac, I mean, not Pontiac, but GMC or Cadillac. Or, it's all together in one spot and very successful. Yeah. So it's side-by-side -side dealers all together in one spot. Call yeah. the Atlantic Auto Mall, yeah. South Suffolk County, New York. Didn't he start the Palm Beach Auto Mall? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, he's a local guy, as you will know, John. He's uh, down here in, uh, uh, he's right there near uh, Carmine's Restaurant. That's Palm Beach Gardens. He lives no, he's right uh, across the street from us. Well, that's his, that's his uh, shop, his, but, he, he, yeah, his, yeah, but yeah. he lives off his Prosperity home. Farms. Oh, he <laughs> lives on the intercoastal waterway uh, between uh, uh, Donald Ross Road and uh, P.J. Boulevard. Yeah. Last year, he bought the Chevrolet dealership in Stewart for his, one of his sons. Yeah, so he's oh, big, oh, his son, yeah, his he's, he's big. He's, uh, I think he, he's got his first dealership in Las Vegas, and he's got the Sloopy Auto Group is huge. Yes, tremendous. Yes. All right, guys, I'm waiting for Thank the you, shopping John. report. Okay. Thanks, John. Have a great weekend. Okay. Let's go to Charles. Uh, Charles is uh, he's from Connecticut, and he lives right here in West Palm Beach now. Good morning, Charles. Good morning. Um, enjoyed the show for a long, long time. Just a quick shout-out to a fellow. You may want to write his name down. Niels, N-I-L-S-B-O-H-L-I-N. I don't know if that rings a bell with anybody. Niels Bolin. Niels Bolin. If you Google it, you'll find it in 1959. He, at Volvo, he's an engineer, invented the three-point seatbelt. Ah, Okay. Recently, there was an estimate on the number of lives that that saved one man and his invention. And what also what Volvo, what Volvo did after it patented the three-point seatbelt, it uh, made that an open item, and anybody could use it. Yeah, way ahead of their wow. time. Way ahead of their time. With Volvo, yeah. Re re remarkable guy. Um, but the other thing I want to ask you about is, and maybe just leave this to open listener discussion, 
is the possibility of EV fires. And here, up, I'm up in Connecticut for the summer, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of uh, unfortunate tragedy about EV fires, first on a container ship or a ferry boat or something mm-hmm. like that in Newark, where a fire began with some cars that were being, I guess, sent overseas. And a fire, two firefighters or one firefighter lost their lives. These things became practically impossible to put the fires out. And the local fire department, the Newark Fire Department, didn't know how to do that. Um, EV fires also popping up on these electric bikes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, open discussion about EV fires. If you park your EV in your garage or in a, uh, well, a large parking area. Is there any concern about that? I I think there is, and I think it's a very legitimate concern. It's uh, the the whole lithium battery issue uh, is something that surprised me that it's taken so long. I mean, uh, you know, Sony laptops catching fire uh, 30 years ago or whenever it it first started, we started realizing that lithium was dangerous, and they they keep building more and bigger lithium batteries. And uh, I, 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 I'm surprised that science hasn't really come up with a solution. Well, I know that um, the, the solid-state um, EV battery is uh, Toyota announced that they had a breakthrough and they'll start producing oh. it um, in 2025. It's um, fireproof? Yeah, there's not a there's oh. no fire li- there's no liquid in it. It's uh there you it's, go. so it's a and also it has the it has a 600 mile well, range. Lithium isn't really liquid, but it's uh, right. What's that with all the other um, yeah, stuff a, that makes up the yeah. what, all the goo they put in there? Yeah, I, I, so there you are. I didn't know that there had been that breakthrough, but uh, I just I'm glad somebody uh, Toyota this case has come up with a fireproof uh, electric uh, battery. But the problem yeah, is, you, it's, you, it's, you, it's uh, nowhere yet. It's, I mean, it's it's, yeah, it's a couple years away. They're so. working on it, so yeah. that's good. Uh, they, unfortunately, they don't have a car to put it in, but they, they'll have a. I saw a few. Of those. They got some coming. So, but anyway, yeah, uh, Charles, thanks uh, for bringing that up. I, that's one of my pet peeves. Every time I read about electric vehicle fire, I say, when are they going to figure out how to make a, uh, not just an electric yeah. vehicle, but how about a laptop or an iPhone? I don't want my iPhone catching on fire uh, in also, my pocket. Also, run, having the, the first responders running into a situation that they're not trained to handle. Years ago, when the hybrid vehicles first came out, um, Rick would um, would host uh, groups of firefighters um, to show them how to safely um, avoid being killed by the high voltage in the hybrid vehicles. And um, so it was really interesting how that happened. So I guess um, we're just one little local area here, but um, I assume other departments across the country go seek these things out for training. And There is also a company in California that specifically does training for first responders um, that they can send you can send responders out to this training course in California, and they will teach them everything they need to know about handling uh, all the EVs electric and vehicles and the information that they need that they then can bring back and pass that <coughs> training back to their own and Of course, department. the caller's point is they shouldn't get on fire in the right. first place, and we shouldn't <laughs> have to have uh, uh, first responders from California coming out. Yeah, but we, we can't uh, yeah. can't ignore mitigation. Uh, uh, they, they've seen can't. issues with these ever since, like the kids' yeah. hoverboards, yeah. cell phones. I mean, and now, uh, however, uh, the newer technology are towards these dry cell batteries that will not have that effect. 
Yeah, Charles, are you still on the Charles, line? Charles, uh, you know, he was great I am talking. I'm still on the line, yeah. yeah. Great talking have, uh, one to more, you. One more point. Well, just quickly, I want to okay. thank Earl for that first that first book and the show. And dare uh, I ask, when's the second book going to be available? Okay. He's, he's thinking about it. He's, he's, he's considering his answer. He has, he has just... I, 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 I was thinking. Oh, okay. I was, I was <laughs> he wants to know how much longer um, he has to wait uh, before you can buy your new book. Yeah, it's... it's, it's I'm Stunned. embarrassed. I'm yeah. embarrassed by the delay. And uh, uh, I said to somebody the other day that uh, the auto industry is changing so fast. It's been one thing after another, and uh, here we are in a auto automotive revolution. And essentially, as a car dealer, my dealership is an auto revolution. And I'm finishing a book that, as soon as I publish it, it'll be obsolete because we'll be talking about. Uh, maybe something that developed that I didn't even think about at the time. So, hence, wasn't there something that, you want to add? that for a good excuse? Yeah, yeah. hence there might be a third book. Uh, but uh, Charles, to answer your question, um, Earl and I will be finished, and we can guarantee you by the first of the year that'll be uh, available for purchase. I promised the first of last year. And Nancy's promising the first of this year. There's so. some more and content. The, next year, you can promise. Okay. By the, by the okay. way, that uh, that book too, uh, all proceeds will go to Big Dog Ranch. Uh, Charles, let's thank you, we, thank you so much. Well, let's see if we can't get let's see if we can't get it out before Christmas because they make great Christmas presents. This is very <laughs> true. Yes, uh, although the confessions of a recovering car dealer would still make a great uh, gift. Oh, they've already been given. Uh, so and we have uh, plenty of them and so does amazon charles uh thank you so much for calling i look forward to hearing from you again okay bye-bye bye-bye have a great weekend we're going to talk to ron and uh, ron is from uh summerfield and uh ron is that uh in florida or north carolina no it's in florida in florida oh well welcome to the show yeah good morning um, I wanted to tell you, this week I had a chance to go to the International Auto Show in Detroit. Oh, cool. Um, I, I go, um, you know, every year, well, except for the years of uh, COVID. And, Earl, there's two things that I, I, I took away from the show. First of all, I think I've been in a time warp or something, because let me tell you what I found. 20% of the cars were $100,000 or more. For instance, there was a GMC Denali, not even the Escalade, that with all the things that they added on to the bottom was $179,000. Sounds like a Ferrari. (laughs) You know, and so I've got to ask you, because there were were many, many cars that were $100,000. What market are they trying to get? I mean, these are working people who, you know, make average salaries. And there can't be that many people who can afford a vehicle that expensive. It's aspirational. <laughs> yeah, it's a, the yeah. average vehicle is over 50000 and that's MSRP. And the average dealer is charging over MSRP, so let's round that off to 55000 So you're exactly right. Uh, to buy uh, a product today for $55,000... Uh, is uh, just uh, puts a whole lot of people out of the competition and that pushes them into used cars and the used cars are way way overpriced relatively speaking uh, historically speaking so it's putting a hurting on the public people aren't paying their bills they're falling behind on their payments 
And, uh, yeah, it's, it, that's what we do in America. We go through cycles. So we're cycling into a problem, and uh, you hit on one of the biggest ones now, the cost of transportation. Yeah. I purposely go to the show during the middle of the week so I have plenty of time to talk to the reps. Yeah. And I had a chance to talk to the Toyota factory rep that was there. Oh. And I had a chance to explain to her how angry I am for all of us who have to deal with the additional dealer markups, all the things that you bring out uh, on your secret shopper report every good, week. Good for you, thanks. And by the way, by the way uh, you didn't ask me that. I did put a plug in for you. I said if you want to set the gold standard for how a dealership should be run, you should look into your dealer, Earl Stewart. Oh, well, bless and, your and heart. And I've never purchased a car from you, but thanks I watch you every week. <laughs> yeah. And I said, uh, you know, I said, it's a darn shame that uh, average working folks can't go out and be treated reasonably. And uh, I understand that they have to make a profit, but they don't have to gouge. And and, uh, I was emphatic about that. And by the way, this person was taking notes. And so she actually, uh, it wasn't just conversation. She she took the notes down and uh, she said, I'll make sure that uh, they, the right, right people get this information. Oh, thank you. That's well, really you know, cool. The, the thing is, Ron, uh, the right people know the answer. Uh, uh, put yourself in the shoes of the auto and Toyota and all the manufacturers that you know that your dealer network is an embarrassment. I mean, you'd have to be uh, mentally retarded not to realize that the uh, Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics in professions put car dealerships at the bottom for the past 40 years. So, you know, if you're an intelligent CEO, and most of them are, if the manufacturers, they know that the dealer franchise system is broken in terms of the consumer. Consumers hate them. And uh, uh, that is the biggest danger. Now, they'll never tell the press. Uh, they can't go public with the fact that they're uh, they dislike their dealerships, but they dislike their dealerships for the way they treat customers. And they know that the consumer will win. And uh, they're just dying to get rid of the dealer networks and to sell direct, uh, just like Tesla does. So uh, that's that's the, be- the best kept secret in, in automotive history is the fact that the car dealership are, are really viewed in distaste and distrust by their own manufacturers. At the Toyota National Dealer Meeting, um, the uh, general manager, the guy who replaced Jack Carter, um, upbraided uh, uh, for about a good three, four minutes about the dealers who were gouging the, uh, the, 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 the dealer-installed equipment, the dealer fees. They started showing pictures of the um, uh, FTC rulings and all the stuff and all the news. He goes, and he, and it was, he, it, it was like a lecture. And uh, he finished to total silence, and then he moved on to the well, next I'm, topic. Uh, well, God bless him. I, I, I'm really, I'm really surprised. And yeah. there was no booze or cat there's, calls. There's or, no booze or cat calls. It was silence. And then he put a statistic. He said the MSRP uh, dealers that were not going with MSRP yeah. saw their collective volume go up and the retention go up, and yeah. the ones that. Um, or over MSRP saw their collective volume go down 2%. Well, Ron, I want to thank you for calling, and I want to let you uh, know that uh, with education and uh, knowledge uh, and uh, the the computer that sits before you, I mean, it's just like, it's amazing. We are becoming more educated. There are still a lot of people who are being taken advantage of, uh, but we're here to fix that. Uh, Do you have any other questions? 
No, I just want to let you know there's an army of people like us out there who will remember when all this is behind us who treated us fairly and who didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Hope you're right. Thank you so much, Ron. Uh, We're going to go to Jersey Mike. Uh, Before we go to Jersey Mike, I want to apologize to everyone. Um, Earlier, our network connection, you know, was uh, out and everything's back up and running. Also, for Rick, uh, you want to make the announcement? Yeah, we've lost our Earl on Cars channel on YouTube for right now. Um, We have the Earl Stewart Toyota channel on YouTube is operational. But unfortunately, Earl on Cars, it's its not coming back yeah, up right now. We were having some uh, connection problems. It was so sabotaged by the car mind. dealers. Right. <laughs> uh, and we'll go to Jersey Mike and West Palm Beach. Good morning, Mike. We were having some connection problems. Hello. Oh, hey, we have a caller on yeah. the line. Yeah, this is Jersey Mike calling from West hey, Palm Hey, Jersey Mike. Cool. How are you doing? We're, we're doing good. Good to hear from you. I think you got one of the greatest uh, TV, uh, radio shows I've ever heard. Okay, I think Get you guys are here. right on the money Get all the time. Here. And oh, by the way, thank you. Yeah, no, no, really. Uh, oh, listen, I I went down a, a, a you know one of the best places for dogs, and I used to do business with Peggy Adams, but I gave up on that. I I actually adopted a dog from Big Dog Ranch for my roommate, hey, and I have congrats. a boxer, and the other one I just got for him. Uh, the two of them are outrageous together. It's yeah. like a comedy show. You just laugh and laugh and laugh with these two guys. Are they both boxers or just show. yours is a boxer? Yeah, mine is 100%. It's a service dog. So I'm a Navy man, all right? And uh, his is a boxer pit bull mix, which is very unusual. And she's a female, and mine's a male. Mine's about 100 pounds. He's still not full grown. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and his, uh, and the, she, uh, her name is Shiloh, and it's uh, about... Uh, I'd say maybe 50 pounds. Wow. I didn't know that they and use so, a boxer as a, as a rattle, service they animal. With, yeah, they rattle, Excuse me? I, said, I didn't realize they would use, a, use boxers as, a, as a service animals. They seem no, like no, they're no, like... No, 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 no. No, no, no. The Veterans Administration is the one who provided me the boxer. Oh, okay. I'm saying it's just unusual because they're so high energy. <laughs> You'd think that... Oh, yes. I know. I know. But, you know, that's what I... See, that's my sixth boxer. All the rest of them are buried head to tail, head to tail in the back of my yard here. Oh, Since the yes. year 1995. <laughs> so, oh, my God. You're like a serial killer of boxers. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> they, they usually live to about 8 to 10 years, and this one's probably going to outlive me because I'm 77 right now. So we'll see. But anyway, uh, and, and I've already made provision in my will and in my uh, living trust to have that dog taken care of by my you know, lo- lifelong attorney. There you go. In Jersey City, New Jersey. Great. That's and fantastic. In any case, Let's go. Let's go back to the car thing, okay? Because yeah. I, I got a few things I think might be uh, educational. But I have a. Uh, I've always been a Cadillac man. I started buying them in 1970, and that's when they used to build Cadillacs the way they're supposed to be built. They were all steel. They had pillow seats, and I used to do about 65 to 70,000 miles on my car, in my own business as an entrepreneur, doing industrial water treatment every year. So I'd burn them out after three years and go get a new one. I kept on doing that throughout the course of all those years. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last one I had was a 92. They were all Coupe de Ville. They were all black. They were all two doors. First one was a uh, uh, Eldorado Brome, which was a big car. You know, a big 428 engine or something in it. But anyway, uh, the last one had 320,000 miles on it when I gave it away. And I never had to do anything to them other than the maintenance call for in the manual. And if you follow that to the T, including the 100,000-mile 
transmission uh, what year uh, again? change. What, what year was it? What year again? The last one. The last one was in 1992. That's crazy. And, and that's when they cut them. They cut them. They cut them down in 92. Wow. I didn't think they lasted so, that long. And you know, I thought <laughs> it was like, you know, the, GM only, the only thing that went on the 92 was the air conditioning system. Hey, Mike, we've got a whole bunch of callers hanging on, okay. so we're going to have to move along all right. here. All right. Here's what I want to say. If anybody's got an old classic Cadillac like I do, I got a 1995 Seville, and you've got a problem finding parts to it, and you wouldn't, like I had to put a steering column in it because somebody tried to steal it out of my driveway, go to Cadillac Heaven. In South Carolina, because that's my insurance company is the one who recommended them. I actually got it, and I had them put it in. The only thing I would ask you is this question. They charged me to put a steering wheel column in to replace the one I have here, $950 from a local mechanic. Hmm. It was a MIDA shop. Is that a fair price, you think, to change out a a, a steering column? I don't know. What do you think, Rick? 950 to change it out? Hmm. That can be about reasonable because of the calibrations, the Sounds reasonable alignment and everything. Sounds reasonable to me. Okay, listen, thanks very much, Mike. Appreciate the call. we yep. got a whole bunch of folks holding. Thanks. I understand. Thank you for your time. Thank Bye, you. Bye, Mike. Um, we're going to go to uh, Bob, and I send my apologies for those who couldn't get through or their calls couldn't be taken. We've had some uh, technical uh, difficulties. We're going to talk to Bob uh, from Lake Park. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Happy first day of fall, everyone. Oh, oh thank it? you. Is I love it. it. <laughs> I got my auto insurance renewal, came in yesterday, and I'd uh, like you to try to take a guess percentage increase on my car insurance. Stu, would you like to take a guess? My first stab, it went up about 18%. <clears throat> Keep going. Rick's 30%. Keep going. Nancy guesses. Forty-five percent. No, that's a little, no, just under forty percent. Overbid. <laughs> oh, under forty percent. That's insane. That's just year over year. Well, I, it, it's a six-month, you know. Okay, so on the renewals. What's uh, yeah, what, what yes, company? Them, what's the insurance company? Well, I used to be with Geico, and I went to AAA, and they gave me a really good rate for a year, and now they've, you know, no accidents, no claims or anything. And now I get my renewal and. It went up just under 40%. That's great. You know, when Alan was on the show here, he used to say that if you've been with him, how long have you been with him? A couple of years? Or? This is, well, just a little over a year. Yeah, this I, is a new couple. What's your, deductible, what's your deductible? I had pretty low deductible. That's your problem. You need to raise your deductible. Uh, that well, would uh, save you a lot of premium. Yeah, I understand how it works, but yeah. I just thought it was. I did. I I did read that the insurance companies every dollar of premium they took in last year, they paid out a dollar twenty in claims. Jeez. And this year, it's and this year for every dollar of premium they took in, they're paying out a dollar nine in claims. So apparently they're they're, they're getting whacked. Yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, find a a, a more uh, financially uh, stable insurance company. <laughs> I, uh, I just want to go for bid, yeah. Horse, uh, I just want to talk a minute about horsepower, and I find it very interesting uh, uh, when you look at these companies. They use that as a marketing tool. Bob, I'm going to interrupt and, you for a second. Yeah, I'm going to explain go to everybody that uh, uh, I'm unable to take your calls right now, and uh, we're going to finish up and we're going to speak to Bob, and then we are going to get to the uh, Big Dog Ranch uh, video. 
Thank you, Bob. Uh, go okay. ahead. I, I, I just wanted to talk about horsepower and how the auto companies use that as a marketing tool and uh, how they get to that number. And I probably Rick knows this, but I think a lot of people don't understand. When they tell you a car makes a certain horsepower, they're talking about the certain conditions. So they're talking about putting in the highest octane gas you can put in the car. And the, the temperature has to be at a certain temperature, no humidity. You have to be at a certain sea level. And then they get to these numbers, and they use it as a marketing tool. True. And the same thing with the zero to 60 uh, uh, times on exactly. the internal combustion engine. You know, Rick probably knows this. What do they do it all, like on, on a treadmill or something? Uh, it's the same thing as when they're calculating fuel economy. Yeah, that's right. right. You're, so, absolutely, you're absolutely right about that. And I thought it was very, you know, because a lot of, they use the market, the cars, they'll say, well, yeah. you know, this car gets 240 horsepower, but if you put the regular gray gas in there, you're, you're losing, yeah. what percentage are you losing there? You're losing how much, Rick, 20%? Yeah, we, we got we to go. We've got the dog of the week coming up, oh, okay. and then we have a mystery shopping department. Thanks very much for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, we are going to, uh, let's see, what are we going to do? We're gonna. I'm gonna introduce Buck. That's number one, and uh, he's uh, two years old, and uh, he is two years in one month, and um, he is a hound dog. <laughs> he ain't nothing but a hound dog. He's, he's a really, hound dog. He's really cute. Uh, wait till you see the uh, video that uh, Natalie is going to bring us. She's the presenter, and I just want to remind everyone uh, that uh, Big Dog Ranch is uh, the largest it is the it, it, it's just amazing uh that uh, there's a lot of people that don't realize that it is a cage-free no skill no kill shelter uh it's the largest in the united states uh so they're doing a great job out there they got a little negative uh press recently i'm sure there are a few of you that uh, read it but if we get a chance we'll uh, we'll share that with you later it. And uh, we are good. Uh, Jonathan, are we ready for the video? Okay, so you're going to hear from Natalie, and uh, the dog is Buck, who's two years old, one month, two weeks, and he's 81 pounds, and he is from Macomb County, Georgia. Georgia. This is Buck. Buck is a two-year-old hound. And as you can see, I know he's super friendly and he loves to talk. <laughs> absolutely adorable. I have treats in my pocket. So as you know, hounds have a great sense of smell. There you go. And he certainly knows where all the food is. Um, one thing with Buck, uh, he is uh, super friendly. He is house trained, so he would make a perfect addition to any home. <laughs> He's also very dog friendly. He has a lot of buddies here at the ranch. Uh, he is an all around, really adorable, sweet, loving guy. Um, his markings are beautiful, and he's pretty mellow for a, a hound. He's got, like I said, a super sense of smell. You wanna talk? Hold on. I'll show you his little his little uh, couple treat tricks. Sit. Good boy. Some of them. That's Good boy, a big Buck. dog. Buck yeah. does love to run around, but he also is a super cuddler. So it's not like you need a, a big farm or anything like like that. But he really is just an adorable, super friendly family guy type of dog. So 
We are really hoping to find Buck a loving forever home. Look at those floppy ears. He's so handsome. Uh, so he, how old is he? Beautiful. He's two years, yeah, one he month, looks young. and two weeks. Okay, so for our radio, our radio listeners, our non-streaming uh, listeners, uh, I'm just going to say go to bdrr.org. You can search the dogs and look for for Buck on the web page. Big Dog Ranch Rescue, BDRR. Yeah, bdrr.org uh, for Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Um, or come back and watch this video um, when you're done driving. Go, go on to YouTube and watch us. Um, this is, I, I could see this dog at, West, at Westminster uh, winning the dog show in, in, the, in the hound really? category. No, I, I, he's I, so there's very something handsome. about him. He's just so adorable. He's just a it, yeah, beautiful dog. He's, yeah. he's, um, okay, so he's got, he's, he's like, the, he's white on the underside, white tail, a big black saddle. He's got that uh, sable color um, in his face. His um, <laughs> he's got ears. I'm gonna say his ears are about a foot long each, and he has just got beautiful uh, shiny coat and musculature, and uh, and he and he howls like a hound dog. <laughs> yep. and it, it, it's amazing. He's just so beautiful, and he's a cuddler. He wants to sit on the couch with you. He's a little bit of an unusual mm-hmm. hound dog. And what a great pet he would make. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Stu, you want to tell him about the fees that we he pay? He never got a rabbit either. No, he ain't no friend of mine. <laughs> he's, um, and also he's two years old. He is, he's full grown now. So he's, he's 81 pounds now. So he's, he's topped out. So he's not getting any bigger. So don't worry. He's, you're not going to get a 120 pound hound, <laughs> hound dog. Um, but yeah, so anytime you adopt a dog anywhere, um, there are, cost involved their adoption fees um because they do a lot of stuff for you they do the uh, um, inoculations they neuter or spay uh, the animal um and obviously you see the uh, big dog ranch rescue the all the um um, amenities and veterinary um, stuff that they have for them so anyway we pay all that and we're paying bucks (laughs) adoption fees so we're paying for free so he's a free dog so every saturday um every dog that we highlight um becomes an earl stewart on cars dog and uh, yeah, so you, um, that's it. It makes it yes. really easy. Yeah, definitely makes it real easy. We know how expensive it is out there. And uh, there's a lot of dogs at the shelter that need your love. Like 500, and, 500 out there. I mean, wow. talk about a selection. It, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, as, I, as I usually say, confessions of a recovering car dealer, you can purchase that at, uh, on uh, earlsbook.com. Uh, or you can go to uh, Amazon, and uh, you can uh, purchase the book. And all proceeds uh, go to uh, all proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch. I'm multitasking. <laughs> there you go. I was waiting Nancy for that. Was scared. She and uh, it's a two hundred dollar value on fees. Yeah. $200. They do so much out of Big Dog Ranch. If uh, you get a chance to go out there like Earl and I did recently, uh, you and now that we're into the fall weather, it's the perfect time to go out. We went out when it was uh, terror. Yeah. The weather was awful, but we still enjoyed ourselves. We enjoyed Pumpy Land and, and so much more of the uh, operating room and the uh, the uh, dental facility that they have. So, uh, Big Dog Ranch Rescue, uh, the dog of the week is Buck, and uh, you can go to www.bigdogranchrescue.org. You can see Buck, and you can see all the dogs if they haven't been adopted yeah. right there at that website. That's right. So, all you sportsmen, all you uh, bird hunters out there, 
<laughs> look at Buck. <laughs> He's, he can help you. No. Yeah. He, he needs to be, he needs an, a, home, a home with a family. He looks like a. He's like just a, out of the ordinary, yeah. Stu. Yep. He would fit very well in a home with some AC. That's right. And uh, cuddled on the couch watching some football. Exactly. Give him some AC. Yeah. All right. Thanks for watching. And share the video. Come take, back and go on to YouTube and, and, and forward it to your friends. That's right. You take him out in the morning, play Frisbee for a while, and bring him in in the afternoon, you know, after lunch, you go inside and kick back on the couch when it's hot outside. That's right. <laughs> Great idea. You can also track down uh, escaped convicts. Yeah, also if you For lose sure. well, you lose your remote, you lose your phone, you lose your keys, bucks your man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we are going to go to the Mystery Shopping Report. And as I uh, say, uh, you can vote on the Mystery Shopping Report. You can do so by going to, uh, to text us at 772 497 Three zero, and that mystery shop is from. Uh, we were out there in Irwin, and uh, Jim oh, help Shorty. me out. I missed. I can't find my. Here it is, uh, mystery shop of Jim Shorky Mitsubishi. Okay, yeah, Irwin's a population a little over three thousand. Uh, it's kind of fun to shop small town dealerships and then compare them with. Uh, like Miami, Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a world of difference between uh, the small town dealer and the big town dealer. I mean, it's almost counterintuitive. Typically, you want to buy from a big volume, big city. You know, you think that's where you get a good deal. Uh, with car dealers, it's the other way around. You want to find yourself a small town. <laughs> You know, I was I was amazed at uh, Irwin. I'm familiar with the area, uh, but there are as many uh, dealerships as there are. Um, they're in uh, Monroe, Monroeville. They're in uh, Uniontown. Uh, they're all over the place. I think there may be 18 of them. I'm not sure whether Stu knows the answer mm-hmm. to that question. Not sure, no. Or not, no? I don't know the answer. Oh, okay. Earl? I'm uh, going to read the first person, this mystery traveling report. Jim Shorty, uh, Mitsubishi, as if I were Agent Lightning, our ace undercover agent that goes in every week. Uh, to tell you what will happen if you go into this dealership. She sacrifices herself to uh, let you know. I arrived at Jim Shorky Mitsubishi late in the morning and was greeted by Zach. Z-A-C-H. I mean, there's a small-town name. Zach from the service department. Did you have a service uh, appointment scheduled? Zach asked. No, I replied. I'm interested in that outlander I saw out front pointing towards the car. Oh, okay. Please follow me. I'll take you where the salespeople are. He led me to a far corner of the dealership to a lady who was seated. Uh, Could you page an available salesman, Zag asked her. She picked up the phone. A few minutes later, the salesman approached, extending his hand. Hi, I'm Logan. That's another interesting name. Zach Logan. Uh, He uh, introduced himself. He guided me to his desk to gather some details. I must confess I'm fairly new here and still use a cheat sheet, he admitted. He proceeded to ask my name, my credit rating on a scale of one to five, um, and what I currently draw. Interesting, the credit rating on a scale of one to five, I like that touch. Um, I think that uh, if you have done a lot of shopping for cars over your life, uh, you've probably found a lot of new salespeople. Car dealerships have about the highest turnover, uh, meaning people don't like to stay working at car dealerships very long. And I think the average turnover in, uh, I think the National Automobile Dealer Association says something like 30%. It's, 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 uh, 
uh, uh, people just don't stay around car dealerships. So sometimes it's refreshing to get a new salespeople. Uh, they're less inclined to be, uh, you know, savage, I guess is the word. He guided me to his desk to gather some details. Uh, Zach did. I must confess I'm fairly new here and still use, oh, I just did that. Uh, uh, I really like the outline of this park up front, I said. Uh, I mentioned showing him a picture of the window sticker I had. The MSRP was $35,670. That's not bad. I mean, that's a, uh, you know, it's a average price cars, about 50 today. And of course, this is the MSRP. And there was no addendum. So, you know, in the past uh, several weeks, we found several car dealerships without addendums. If you'd listened to this show a year ago, I can't remember finding any without addendums. Of course, the addendums are the way they jack up the price on the MSRP, and uh, it's just unconscionable. Some of these addendums are in the thousands of dollars, ten, twenty thousand dollars in fact. Logan excused himself to retrieve the keys for a test drive. When he returned, he gestured towards the car. Let's go. I got into the driver's seat while he placed the license plate. Uh, walking to the passenger side, he suggested, let me show you all its features. But I cut him off. I've already checked it out. I'm ready to drive. He looked apologetic due to insurance reasons. I need to drive. I need to drive it off the lot. Uh, but we can switch places down the road. I can believe that. It makes sense. During our test drive, Logan highlighted the Outlander's smooth transmission, adaptive cruise control, and the surround sound audio system. We cruised through city streets and I marveled at its acceleration on the highway. The comfort of the seating and the in intuitive dashboard layout were also cool. Car's impression handling around tight corners, its responsive braking system didn't go unnoticed. I think Agent Lightning might be wanting to buy this car. Uh, yeah, I think so. I've never heard of more. I see a lot of detail here. Oh yeah, she loved that. Uh, Logan uh, shared anecdotes of customers who cherished the Outlander for its reliability and fuel efficiency. I even that's, tested that's the parking the sensors and rear camera as we pulled into a parking spot. As we approached the dealership, I asked if I could drive the car back onto the lot. Of course, you're good to go, he assured me. Back at the dealership, Logan walked me through the service department, mentioning it would be a, a place for future services. At his desk, he offered, should I get the pricing details for you? Uh, let me add, as a dealer, as I said earlier, and oftentimes on the show, we own a dealership. And one of the things that car dealers do, which is one of the few really good things that they do, and if you don't do it, it's not a good thing, is show your customers your service department. Introduce them to the service manager, maybe, and maybe to a service advisor. Maybe even show them the parts department. That's, that's a really good touch. So uh, this new salesperson, Zach, is uh, learning uh, some good habits, and I hope it serves them well. Uh, okay, uh, I nodded, he left briefly, returning with a sales worksheet. There were no details, just the MSRP, as I said before, 35670 pretty low for an MSRP, with a line crossed through it, then the offer, uh, 35000 170, so that's, that's a $500 discount now. You know, in the old days, we'd say, well, that's an awfully small discount. And in the COVID days, or the whatever you want to call them, supply chain uh, crazy days uh, of the past three years, any discount off the MSRP is a welcome discount, and uh, you just don't get them. 
off MSRP. You get them when they jack the price up $5,000, and then they give you $3,000 off, so you're still paying $2,000 over MSRP. Uh, what about a breakdown, I asked, with uh, taxes and fees? I can get that for you replied after another short break and return with a much more detailed document that looked like a vehicle's buyer or, buyer's order. It was Jim Shorkey's Auto Group uh, retail order form. And Nancy uh, Googled uh, Jim Shorkey uh, while we were coming in the car. How many how many dealerships did you say you had? 12 or 14? I'm, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here. I'm going to say 18, but uh, yeah. I'll check A that. big group. And this, if this is typical, and we this don't know, so far, so good. Price was $35,170. Uh, there was a $2,466 in state and local taxes and 667 in title and registration fees. Now, uh, Stu uh, made a note that that's a bit steep, and I agree. Uh, I think there's know, probably a private tagging. Yeah. See, uh, it, it, you understand, we don't go into the business office we, I keep saying this, we should. That's the F&I department, uh, uh, the box. Uh, it's the place where some of the most uh, uh, evil, I, I hate to use that word over and over again, <laughs> evil profit. Nefarious. Uh, yeah, uh, nefarious is much more sophisticated. Uh, and uh, you got to watch out the box because you can pay, and you generally will pay, more profit to the dealer in the... Um, F&I department, uh, the yeah. finance department, than you do any place else. But if we bought a car every week, it would get really expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and also, that's when these junk fees really pop out at you because they try to hide uh, uh, illegitimate fees uh, in title and registration fees. They come up with names and disguise it, and sometimes they don't even do that. They just hide it in the finance department, and you're signing so damn many papers that you sign it as if they had disclosed it to you, and legally, uh, uh, you have, they have, but uh, from a conscience standpoint, you don't know what you're signing. Nobody knows what they sign anymore. Uh, you know, ream, reams of paper, and the people sign things with, by trusting. You have to trust the seller today, because if you don't, they're going to get you. They can cover themselves in the fine print, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. He asked me, could you wait for a moment? I'd like my sales manager to speak with you. Because I'm sorry, I jumped a paragraph. I said, I'll discuss this with my family at lunch. And then he said, could you wait a minute? I'd like my sales manager to speak with you. I agreed, and so he introduced me to Ian. Wow, interesting names. Ian promptly inquired, what can I do to earn your business today? There's a standard phrase. Reiterating my plans, I said, I'll discuss it over lunch with my family. Logan. As a salesman, uh, ever enthusiastic, suggested, why not take the car to lunch and enjoy it? <laughs> Standard. Yeah. They always want you to take the car. That's called puppy dog. You fall in love with a puppy dog, the you puppy fall dog in love with a car. <laughs> I declined, saying, I appreciate their time. As I was about to leave, Logan tried one last time. Are you sure you don't want to finalize things now? You're our only customer in the showroom. We can wrap it up quickly. I chuckled, patting Logan's shoulder. I'll be in touch. Now, Settle down, Logan. That meant a lot to me because Nancy does that to me a lot. When I get riled up, she smiles and pats me on the shoulder. Settle down. Yeah, settle down. Settle no, down. I tell you, everything will be all right. <laughs> Pull be yourself okay. together. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I exited the showroom. Like Cher. So there we have it, a very uh, uh, small town dealer, uh, Zach and Logan and uh, Ian, uh, and uh, Shorty uh, is the dealer, and they're in Irwin, Pennsylvania. And they're family owned and operated. They are. And there yeah. are about 16 uh, dealerships. Now, I will say this. In the same There area. ain't no way you're going to family own and operate 16 dealerships. Uh, and oftentimes, the problems with dealers is not them. I mean, they're probably really good, honest people, or maybe not, but I mean, they might be. But when you got 20 dealerships or 100 dealerships or 16 dealerships, uh, you better have a whole lot of honest, transparent people running them for you, mm-hmm. or else you're just like, you, you might as well be evil yourself because mm-hmm. your customers are getting uh, taken yeah, advantage takes of. It takes my okay, breath we away. We got to vote. We got to vote. We're right. out of it time. It takes here. my breath away thinking <laughs> of having that many dealerships. <clears throat> okay, well, anyway, and we're going on the curve. One, we talked about this earlier. A is perfect. There are no perfect dealers. Uh, and if you uh, you just want the better than average dealer would get a A or a B, or an average dealer would get a C. Uh, that's the curve. So here we go. I got and one grade. Right? I have one more thing to say to our audience. Please text us with your grade. It's real important. 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. I got one grade came in from Bob, and he gives an A for Shorky Mitsubishi. So the first one came to an A. Uh, I don't have any other grades to go on. I'm inclined to give him an A as well, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little shine off of A minus just because there was a little bit of, a little bit of pressure, friendly, friendly pressure at the end, and um, it's likely that they do have a small junk fee. Okay. Um, well, our EOC channel is still down near Earl on Cars, but here from Earl Stewart Toyota Channel, we have Johnny Z. Fraidley says, Eerie, eerie short key. Don't know what that means, but he says I'll give him an A. Okay, uh, Joseph Kelleher says B minus. Registration and title fees are just a bit high. Uh, for me, I I don't know. There was there was a tiny little pressure at the end, but Pretty I'm good. gonna say an A. I mean, I I if you no, don't give them an A, you know, no addendum, no fees. It just, by the way, I think uh, I think the comment is from Johnny Z. Fraidley is this. You sure that's not a reggae song? <laughs> <coughs> All right. Well, Rex is choking. Uh, Joseph Kelleher on um, on YouTube gives him a B minus. Registration and title fees a bit too yeah. much. Got yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay, I repeated that one. Um, yeah. What do you got? so? That that's it for us. And for me, I say an A. Okay. I'm gonna go with two. I, I'd love to give him an A, but uh, I got I got I think A minus is a fair. Is a damn good grade. I mean, look at our recommended deal list. How many A anything's do you have? So, they are rare. Uh, this is one. You know, this is one out of a thousand. Yeah, and you can go to gooddealerbaddealerlist.com and take a look at uh, all of the uh, grades out there in the dealerships. Um, for me, um, I tur- to the audience, I've turned on over a new leaf starting today the first day of fall and um like earl always says you know you have to uh go out and purchase a car and if i week in and week out which the dealerships deserved the f from me 
um, you know, I, I'm still going to change my mind and just vote on the curve because uh, we all need some place to go to purchase a vehicle, and you just have to be educated. And uh, it's a it's a minefield out there. But as far as Jim Shorkey of uh, Mitsubishi is concerned out there in Irwin, um, I, I just wasn't happy with the uh, pressure. I wasn't happy with the fees. Uh, they're warm and fuzzy people. Uh, you can look them up. I don't know about the warm and fuzzy. Uh, but uh, at any rate, I am going to give them, I'm going to give them an A-. minus. An A-. minus. Roadrunner Steve texted in. He's given the B plus. Let the record reflect that the highest grade Nancy Stewart has ever given out in 20 years. So they got it. Oh, oh, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I've already given out an A. Oh, really? Who? Anybody here going to? It was Mullinax. Lexus. JM Lexus. Or Tesla. Tesla. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do you see what I'm working with? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, any more grades? No, I think that's it. Oh. So the official grade is uh, A minus. Yeah. A minus. Okay, so that is the mystery shop out there in uh, Irwin. Uh, that is Jim Shorky, Mitsubishi. And Jonathan, what do we have left? We have three minutes. Do you want to? Just out of curiosity, I'm on a Google the Shorky dealerships and check their Google ratings. I'm curious to see. I'll I'll do do that now. And they're an auto group. Um, uh, They're a uh, Jim Shorky auto group is what they're called. We have two minutes left. Uh, uh, As long as you have two minutes, let me say this. Uh, 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 The United States is a big place, and there are huge cultural differences, and uh, we all know this. I mean, we talk about New York, uh, the New York mindset, the California mindset, and and then there's a small town. So that that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing uh, small towns are just nice places, and uh, you got to give up some stuff. If they don't have the giant uh, department stores and, and eight zillion uh, McDonald's uh, and uh, that kind of stuff there. But here's what you have in small town mid in the Midwest. You get nice people and nice retail businesses. So I think that's what when you, works. When you're likely to see your, you know, your neighbors or the same people over and over again, I think that has a, a different yeah, effect. Good point. There's so many people down if here. If you in screw South one Florida. person in a small town, everybody knows. Yeah, but if you're in Broward County, Florida, there's you know four million people down there. You're never going to see the same oh, person never, again. Yeah, you, know, you don't have any. Word of mouth means nothing when right. you got a two million dollar, two million people. Right. And it, but even the reviews, it, get lo- it gets lost in, yeah. the, in the noise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the uh, you know the word is, uh, you know, knowledge is power, and it's so important uh, to uh, start that you know that that walk through uh, your PC. Uh, picking out the model, taking precaution, and you're you're very protected, you know, by going to the internet before you start at this uh, uh, journey to purchase or uh, to uh, lease whatever you have. You're you're very protected, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for joining us. Sorry about the technical difficulties. We'll be back next week at the same time, 8 a.m. Saturday morning, for Earl on Cars. Have a great weekend.